Hello, welcome to Sheffield Board Gamers podcast, the official podcast of the Sheffield Board Games Club. Uh, my name's Rick, and I'm joined by a very special t- guest today. We've got Lizzie, who's on the show. Hello, Lizzie. Hello there. Hello. Hi, thanks for joining us. It's good to talk to you again. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. You're one of the long-time members of the club. You're one of the backbone people of the club yeah. that's been there donkey's years. Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier. It must be getting on for about 10 years now, I think. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but the first time I came to the club, uh, I think you were the first person to speak to me <laughs> as well. Oh, really? I don't remember that, I'm afraid. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, go, go me. Yeah. <laughs> it was helpful. <laughs> did, we, did we play? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Catan. Oh, was it? Because <laughs> right. Nice. So hopefully we're uh, we're keeping that tradition going and uh, welcoming new people to yeah. the club when they come in. But yeah, uh, I hope so. It's, it's it's really important to that people feel welcome when they when they come. It can be a bit daunting. It certainly was for me uh, the first time oh, I yeah. went. I yeah, was yeah. quite nervous about it and taking my husband along with me for support. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, we ended up mm-hmm. playing Catan as well. I think the first time that I was there, <laughs> Carl stopped what he was doing and sat down to play Catan with us instead. So yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, so this is um, this is a podcast about the uh, the board games club. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of games that we've played recently. Uh, we're also got a question of the week, which is uh, what uh, what kickstarters have caught your eye. Uh, but talking of kickstarters, mm-hmm. one of mine arrived the other day. Uh, about a year ago, okay. I backed the Dice Tower because uh, when I was oh, okay. uh, looking looking at videos and things like that, they. They put out a lot of content and there's a lot of videos that I kind of watch with their reviews, so I don't necessarily always agree with them. Yeah, you can always rely on them to have a review of something. <laughs> so this was for, from a year ago and they've just managed to get around to, to shipping the stuff because it's been, it's been a bit of a nightmare, obviously, with the way things are and with the shipping costs and things like that, so it's uh, only just come through. But yeah, I ordered some uh, little uh, little pots, like little plastic pots that you can put your components in, you know, like your tokens and your coins or whatever. Uh, right, yeah. Um, Stuff to keep on the table. Yeah, yeah. And I got um, I got a little um, uh, character for King of Tokyo, the Iron Rook. So it doesn't really right. do anything, but another another character to chuck in there that people can choose from when they're playing King of Tokyo. <laughs> a little promo. <laughs> you can never have too many. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, it'll be, uh, be interesting to talk about Kickstarter later on. And uh, Yeah, there's quite a lot going on at the moment. Yeah, we'll have a quick chat about uh, some of the games that we've played recently. So I've, I've played a couple. Uh, first one is yeah. Yeah, sure. uh, a game called Fields of Green. Uh, this is, we had um, a bring and buy sale at the club uh, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, people brought in sort of the games that they, you know, they don't play anymore or they didn't want and uh, sold them on. So that's one of the ones I picked up from the Bring and Buy. So The Fields of Green is based on the uh, Among the Stars game by Vangelis Bagiotakis. Oh, I have played that. Ah, uh, yeah. It's the same game. It's just rethemed. Uh, Art- Artipia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the one, yeah. Oh, is it? Right. Mm. Okay. It's a t- ah, two okay. They just gave it a farming thing. Yeah, yeah. Fields of Green. Yeah, it's two to four players. Takes about. It was about space. A space. Yeah, card. that's the one. Yeah, you kind of have a, a central power plant, and then you draft cards and build up your your special your like space thing around. Yeah, it's a it's the same thing. Basically, you get like a water tower, and then you can draft cards, right. and these cards have on them things like uh, crops that you're growing, like potatoes or wheat or barley and stuff like that. They have animals. Uh, there's like buildings that you can build. Um, so you're drafting cards, you get in those square cards, and then you kind of put them into your into your farm. The thing is, though, it's kind of a spatial puzzle as well. You, it's important where you put them because for the crops and things like that, and they need to be watered. So your water tower has some water in it, and it, it you, the water can flow up to two tiles, two cards. So you can't put your crops too far away from your water towers, or you have to start building new water towers. Um, the animals like some right, of the crops, right. and they'll yeah. give you points and coins for buying more, draft, and drafting more cards. Uh, the buildings will give you like special abilities and combo off to some of the other cards. So it's kind of drafting cards, building up your farm, trying to be efficient, and trying to get your your, your points as high as you can to to win the game. So we played it. Um, we played it two player. Me interested. Me interested. Played it. I've played it four player before. I think it takes a bit longer with four players because you, you, there's a bit more thinking going on. But I think we played it in about forty five minutes. Two players. It'll probably be yeah. Probably be an hour and a bit. I guess with with three or four. 
But um, yeah, it's a good game. We enjoyed it. We, yeah. we liked the combos and how everything kind of works together. You can go down like a particular route if you're like interested in mm-hmm. like more of the money side of it. You can sell your crops and get more money coming in. A lot like it. like so you can buy some of the more expensive cards. Um, you can expand out your fields, get more more crops. The, the buildings are quite good because every building is like different. So there's a big stack of building cards that you can pick from, and uh, they all do something different. So they'll kind of inform what you're what you're playing and how you farm just as well. So yeah, it's a really cool game. It's um, uh, I'm not sure about the theme though. It's kind of the most inoffensive theme yeah. that you could think of <laughs> it's not it's not going to upset anybody yeah, it's a classic think. isn't it yeah yeah well then again i i guess like building building a space station isn't particularly left field either <laughs> no no but, but uh, uh, some some people don't like science fiction or some people don't like fantasy or but it, but it sounds like it, it works yeah yeah exactly some people will just be completely turned off by that so you might as well have something different because it doesn't mm. does make a difference sometimes there are some themes that which i just would never pick up at all mostly sport <laughs> um and i just feel like oh no uh, it doesn't really matter how good the game is i'm not really interested so it does happen mm-hmm. but yeah i seem to remember with among the start i did like it uh i remember having like interesting powers and stuff with the buildings i think the one thing that disappointed me that it wasn't as important where to put things as i was mm. expecting which is probably more my fault than the game's fault really i was sort of expecting a bit more of a tile laying game uh, of trying to get things in the right places which i always mm. I always really like sort of tile tile laying games of that of that sort but um maybe this one has a bit more of that if you have to be careful i think it does yeah yeah because uh um, yeah you need to make sure you make grid. sure your crops are watered so your, your water can only travel so far but it's, it's really easy to build like another Another yeah. uh, water tower with more water in it, and these these towers they run out of water as well. They've only got like three or four water in them. So once you've used it, then it's it's kind of redundant. Then unless you can right. find some way of filling it back up again from like some of the buildings or right. like a special power. So That's as far as you can. But go. yeah, got, it is quite important where things are because a lot of stuff scores if it's next right. to other stuff. Um, so the placement of it is is yeah right. quite important. Yeah. So. <clears throat> So that, that kind of puzzle is quite, quite interesting. So uh, as long as you don't mind a bit of a bland theme, then it's all right. It's uh, Fields of Green, that is. <laughs> yeah. So t- tell me what you've been playing then, Lizzie. What have uh, nice. you been up to recently? Well, I've been, I've been getting into all sorts of different things, really. A uh, bit different. I guess the new thing for me is getting into much more sort of narrative-based games rather than your sort of straight board games. So I've always liked sort of choose your own adventure sort of mm. things like game books and you remember what, fighting fantasy, you know, back in the nineties and fabled land. Um, and I played Tales of the Arabian Nights. It was quite an early game for me, which is picking from a grid of what you do. You 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 meet a person and you get a choice between do you want to do you want to rob him or do you want to talk to him or do you want to help mm. him or blah blah blah. And depending on what you choose to do, you get a, get a different response and something different will happen. And I've always really, really liked that that sort of thing. So I've been getting into a bit more sort of um, these big, big narrative games. I guess the main one I've played recently is Tainted Grail, which uh, mm-hmm. from Awakened Realms, <clears throat> which is a company who did, what else did they do? Uh, Nemesis, I think is probably their mm. most famous game. And Lords of Hellas and This War of Mine. Uh, but they do quite a lot of big narrative games. And we play Tainted Grail a lot in lockdown because it's cooperative. Um, I could just have everything on the table and I had a couple of webcams sort of showing everybody what was going on and dealing with their decks. So we managed to play like that like every Friday for right, quite yeah. a while during <laughs> lockdown. So we got a lot played. <laughs> and it's a long game, so there's a lot to do. <laughs> but um, but it, it's, it's, it's really interesting, really nice. It has, a, it has a sort of map system, kind of like Seventh Continent, you know, where you've got these cards that you put out on the table <laughs> and depending which direction you go, you lay out the, the next cards along to go that way and you, you'll find a new a new location to explore depending on which direction you go in and you get you get different options of uh, different missions to do um like you might go somewhere and there's a new village and you can talk to some people and maybe maybe you decide to help them out or maybe you just attack them and take some gold off them or but if you have a chat maybe they send you somewhere else and you get something else to do uh, when you go off in that direction but it's it's just insane the amount of amount of things that you can mm. do, and they're, they're often completely crazy <laughs> stuff that happens. Uh, at one point we got we got eaten by a house. At one point, <laughs> it, it took a dislike to us when we went in, and the house just ate us and spat us out. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that happened. 
And um, yeah, we've been have, having a lot, a lot of fun with that one. We're on the third campaign now. So there are three separate campaigns. Hmm. Uh, one a thousand years in the future after the original campaign, and now we're playing through one which is a thousand years in the past. Hmm. Uh, finding out sort of the history of of the land and what happened and why it ended up being the way that it is in in the future. Yeah, it's been really fun. Ah. So, so how many how many players did you play it with then? It, was it like a just two of you or there's we, more? We've been playing it with three. Right. Um, and you, but you could play it at any any player count really. Hmm. Four would possibly be a bit much because you, you'd end up waiting for hmm. uh, other people to when. when You'd split up more, so sometimes you'd not be involved in in things that other people are doing. Uh, so there'd be a bit bit more downtime at, at mm. four. But you could easily play it at one. Uh, it would be it would be fine. Uh, just working through the story. Uh, but yeah, we, we've been playing it at, at, at three, which I think is quite quite a good number. It's enough to have uh, some interaction around the table and discussing what we're going to do, and different people might want to do different things and go off and to different places. And how, how how does the session work then? If you're playing for like a a session, does it is is it like one story that you play through and then you stop, or is it like a certain time? Or it just keeps going. It's kind of like a video game in that in that respect. Uh, okay. that yeah. you'll, you'll get you'll get to a certain point. It might end a chapter, mm. which is often a reasonable place to stop. Um, but you don't have to. You can you can stop whenever you want and just um, and just pack it all away. So you, you keep your progress on a mm. sheet. Basically, you get um, statuses whenever you do a thing. Like if you rob a grave, you'll get an extra status in the grave robber status, mm. and you'll tick one off. And depending on what you've ticked later on, uh, things will interact with that. It'll ask you, do you have this status? Then they'll know that you did that thing, or you talked to that person, or you broke down that castle or something. The game will remember that you did that. Um, so when you go somewhere else later, it'll be different depending on what you've done before. So the game is just saved in this, basically this, this list of statuses. And um, you just mark down how much how much stuff mm. you have, and where you are on the map, and then you can just pick it up later. So you can just keep going. But it is it is very Moorish mm. in the same way in the video games. You're like, oh, we've got to do the chapter. Oh, oh, great. Okay, we can stop here. Okay, cool. But why don't we let's just go over? <laughs> if we, we just unlocked this new thing now, so let, let, let's just hop over to the next location and and see yeah. what that is because that looks yeah, really yeah. interesting. Come on, okay, okay, let's just let's just do that, and then we get there and like, oh, we might we'll, we'll, we'll explore. Like, oh. Oh, there's some hunting here. Oh, I might as well just, just do a hunt, and then we'll stop. <laughs> so you can kind of, you can just get on this sort of snowball that you just keep rolling on. Like, okay, no, we have to just pack it up now. It's getting late. But um, you could just plow through the whole lot. Mm. And if anybody's ever done a, a speed run with Tainted Grey, where you just sit down for, I think it took us about about forty forty five hours to play through the first mm. campaign. Um. So there's there's quite a lot to do, and we didn't do a lot of it. Yeah. To be fair, there's a lot of stuff that we just completely bypassed. We basically didn't go to Camelot <laughs> at all. We just uh, avoided it somehow. But uh, uh, there's definitely enough to go back and do it again at some point. So uh, how is the story served up to you? Uh, is it kind of in a book, or is it off cards, or is there an app? Or? Yes. So yeah, it's in a there's a there's a there's a big book, big big ring bound book as well. Right. So whenever you go through one of the um, go to a location and you explore there, then it'll send you to that book. So there'll be a page which is about mm. that particular location, and at the top it'll give you some choices of what you want to do when you enter the location. Like you might want to go to the market, or you might want to go and talk to somebody, or you might it might automatically say, do you have the status because you've happen to pick up something when you turn up there everyone's very excited because oh you know you found that mm. thing great and things like that so then and then you go through the book depending on where you go it'll send you to a different passage and you read through that make another choice and it'll send you somewhere else uh to do something or it might throw you into a battle which you then have to resolve which is quite an interesting kind of it's a it's a the the system for battles is is cards you have a we each have a deck which we can upgrade mm slowly as we get XP you get get new cards and then you lay them out in a row so the monster card starts and then you can chain off cards from that uh, which will do damage or have particular mm. effects or heal yourself or whatever the, 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 all the cards will, will do things as you as mm. you place them down and try, you try and tick down their health and as you tick down their health the enemy will have different effects so you have to be really careful how much damage you've done exactly because if you do too much then they might hit you really hard, so it's a sort of interesting balancing act where you have to you want to try and hit it the right amounts, 
as as you go through the battle, so that you don't take too much damage yourself. Or it might run away. Some of some of the monsters, if you uh, if you don't kill them basically straight out, there are some hares that you meet very early on, uh, which if you don't if you don't kill them straight away, even though they have quite low health, mm. so it is doable. But if you don't, they just run away because um, <laughs> you just miss it. Uh, they're off. So there are a lot of interesting little mechanics in 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 the combat as it's being resolved. When you, you get XP, whenever you do certain things, basically, in, in the story, uh, that'll give you XP and that'll give you new cards that you can use. So you, you level up that way or you get new abilities mm. and attributes. So there's quite a lot of skill tests that sometimes you'll have to do. If you're climbing a mountain, say, you'll have to roll maybe your practicality. Or when you go into a battle, it might ask you, what's, what's your caution? And you roll on that. And if you roll poorly, then you end up just plowing into a bunch of spiders or something which attack you. Mm. Um so you can upgrade sort of different things. So different characters are good at different things. So you can kind of judge, oh, this looks like it's going to be a diplomacy thing, so we'll send our sort of nice friendly healer in there and see how they get on. Mm. Or if it's a bar brawl, then we send the big aggressive fighters to go and yeah. do it, and that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Is it, is it kind of like a, is it like a fixed campaign then? Does, does it have like a start and an end? Is it something that you can replay? Like you said, you'd not visited like all the areas. Is it something you'd yeah. want to replay, or is it something you just play through once? Or you can, you can, you could definitely play it again and and do very different things. Mm. I think in the end, you will end up doing roughly the same sort of things, but maybe in different different ways. So depending on right. who who you meet and where you go, uh, it'll end up resolving in different ways. So at the start, it, the game very much branches between east and west. That's the first thing that happens. You basically choose which direction you're going to go in. And mm. depending on which, which which of those things you do, uh, the whole game goes very differently. All right. So that would be the first thing that I'd do. If I did, if I did it again, I'd go the other way mm. and um, see what happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a big one. So I don't know if I'll ever get around to it again, but um, maybe I'll take it away for... <laughs> A few years and and come back to it at some point and give it another go. Yeah, but I've got so yeah. many other narrative campaign games coming now. We'll see if that ever actually happens. Yeah, they do seem to be quite popular at the moment, don't they? There's quite a lot. Yeah, coming out. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely mm. a big a big new new thing. Yeah, there's been a, over the last couple of years, there's been quite a few sort of kickstarters coming out of that sort of thing, which is mm. exciting. Mm. <clears throat> so, what what else have you been playing lately? Uh, the the other game that I played is uh, a game called The Bloody Inn. So this is uh, from oh. 2015. It's one to four players. takes between 30 and 60 minutes. It's a card game. Uh, I talked about Fields of Green earlier where the theme was kind of neither neither here nor there for me, but this one is, is all theme, pretty much. So the theme is it's the 1830s and you're running uh, an inn and you have visitors who are coming to your inn and stopping the night on the travels onto some other some other location and uh, they pay you a few coins to to stop in the inn but you get a lot more coins if you kill them if you murder them <laughs> right but then but then you have a problem where you have Classic a theme yeah yeah where well, you kind of have a body then that you have to get rid of so basically it's a card game well, there's a deck of cards, and these cards are all visitors that are coming to your inn. Uh, you kind of uh, lay them out in front of all the players. I think it's about six or eight of them or something. Uh, and then you've got a couple of choices. You can hire one of the people to come and work for you, and they'll give you a special ability, like to make further hires a bit cheaper or to give you a couple of extra points or whatever it might be. Or the other option is that you can kill the person that's stopping in your inn. And in that case, you take the card, you flip it over, and there's like a little coffin on the back. And that's a body in your inn somewhere. <laughs> so as well as the... Uh, get, right, that you have to deal with. Yeah, yeah, they have to deal with. So as well as the cards on the table, there are policemen as well on there. So if there are any police at the end of the round and you've got uh, dead bodies stacked up in your inn, uh, you're going to lose a whole load of points. Uh, so you can pay like people to get rid of the bodies. You can bury them under annexes, so you can like build uh, an extra annex next year in, and that'll hold some space for the bodies. If if they're tucked away somewhere, if they've been dealt with, then you don't have to lose any points. You you can quite happily let the policeman come and come and have a look at your place, or your establishment, and everything's fine and dandy. But um, if uh, it, it, if you can't do that, then yeah, you're going to be struggling for <laughs> struggling to do well. So it's a bit of a bit, it's a bit of a macabre theme, but it's not it's not like gross or grisly or anything like that. It's yeah. not gore. It's kind of a little bit cartoony and a little bit uh, daft, but it is a it is a bit of a grisly kind of tongue in cheek, black humour kind of game. But 
Uh, we played, played this a couple of times, and um, yeah, it's quite good. It's quite strategic. You um, you have kind of a choice of uh, of what you want to do with the cards that are on the table. There's a bit of risk involved of kind of get you know kind of getting a couple more points out of this person if I do him in, or am I better to hire him and deal with the stuff that I've already got because they can do different things. The cards have kind of multi uses, so you can you can do different things with them. And uh, once the, once the decks are in out, so it's a deck of cards. The de- the the visitors come back the other way, so they come back in a <laughs> in a different direction, and you see them again. But this time, uh, a lot of the decks been taken out because you've got people have got bodies tucked under and annexes and things like that. So t- at the start of the game, it's quite a big thick deck, and you get all these people coming to to your end. But um, then on the second round, on the way back, once you've shuffled it up. Um, you get a, a lot fewer people, but you've got you've built up a bit of an engine. Then you've got your kind of your, your tableau in front of you, and then when the decks run out the second time, that's the end of the game. So you count up all your points, and most points wins. So yeah, uh, it's quick uh, a quick kind of so it's it's competitive. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, yeah probably. Uh, so yeah, uh, most points is is the winner, which is worked out by uh, yeah how much money you've got and. Um, I think some of the buildings like score your points as well, depending on sets of cards that you've got, depending on things like that. So there's a few different scoring things that'll that'll uh, give you give you your points at the end. But yeah, it's uh, it's quite good. Yeah, it's quite good fun. It's not overly long. It's probably an hour tops with four people. But each of the, because it's a drafting game, you're always doing something. You know, like. Uh, um, you're not kind of sat waiting for somebody else's turn. You know what I mean? You're always, it's always moving along and, and, and there's always something interesting to do. So you're not quite, yeah. you know, you're not stuck sort of twiddling your thumbs waiting for your turn to come around again. It's, uh, it's, uh, yes, yeah, quick, quick game. If you're, if you've got a bit of a dark sense of humor and you don't mind it, then this one, is, this one is a good one. So that's, um, that's bloody. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I like the theme. <laughs> I like how, how different that is. Yeah, it is. Uh, usual. How, how many people does it play up? Uh, plays up to four. These card drafting games can often. I imagine it works pretty well at four. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, yeah, pretty good. Uh, I don't know how would apparently it's a one. You can play it solo as well. You can play it one player. So I don't know how that work. I presume there'd be some tweaks to the oh, rules okay. or something for one and two players. But Automa or something. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, yeah, it's good at good good at four. Uh, for some reason, it's one of those games that I've always sort of ignored. Mm. I don't know. Wh- I don't know why, but I just kind of got it into my head that it was some sort of uh, a hidden role game or some- something like that. <laughs> I don't know. There was, there was something about the theme that just made me think that that was the case. It does look a bit like that, yeah, with the artwork and everything. Yeah, it gives you that kind of vibe. But yeah, I, I don't. I don't know why. It clearly, isn't anything like that no, at all. No. But, um, <laughs> I was it was yeah. Else. But no, it's definitely definitely one to look at. Did, did did you get that from the bring and buy as well? No, no, that was somebody else's game that I played, so it's not mine. Oh, right, okay. Uh, what what else have we been playing? What's next? Well, I guess the other one uh, of, of a similar theme to sort of Tainted Grail. Mm. The the next one along after that that I played was um, Sleeping Gods, mm-hmm. which is a new game by Ryan Lauka. Have you played anything by him? He did Above and Below and Near and Far, and the, the, there's a new one out actually. Yeah, um, now or never or now something. Or never, yeah, which I think is just just delivered. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't haven't, haven't played that mm. one yet, but definitely interested in it. And so, the, have you played a Bumbleo? You said you played Near and Far. Uh, yeah, um, C- City of Iron as well. Is that one of his? Right. Oh yes, yes, that's another one. Mm. I think that was was that a worker placement game? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. I think so. I think I played it. I think I played it once. Mm. I've played most of his games. To be fair, mm. uh, I, I really love his artwork. It's really, I don't know. There's, there's something about it that I really like. So yeah, I'm always sort of yeah. drawn to his games for that reason automatically. And like I said, I do enjoy all of the sort of choose your own adventure stuff, like above, mm. below, and near and far. Have when you're sort of going through a book and reading things out aloud and choosing what to do. Uh, I've always enjoyed that sort of thing. And Sleeping Gods, actually, I played solo, which I would recommend for this one. All right, because yeah. you're controlling you're controlling a ship. You're the Manticore, I think it's called. So you have this ship which is sailing around this sort of magical land and mm-hmm. you're trying to figure out what on earth is going on. You don't know how you got there, you don't know who anybody is or where you are, what's <laughs> going on, uh, but you're on this boat with your crew and you're just exploring, basically. But your crew your crew of the boat is, is nine... Ship, I should probably say, rather than boat. Uh, is nine people. So there are nine characters in the game which you're controlling and they each have their board and they each have their own sort of stats and they'll each have their own equipment and cards and upgrades as well. So it takes up a lot of table space. But, I mean, but you play this solo. It's huge. All, all those yes. characters. Yes. 
so you're controlling all nine and you have to control all, all nine you all have right. to choose to play a few of them or, or whatever you ha- you have to it's basically the entire ship that you're controlling mm. which happens to control include all of these people mm-hmm. so you sail around and you go to different places you go to a harbour or whatever and like Tainted Grail you look at the book where you are go through some choices roll some dice for skill checks maybe do a combat which is this interesting sort of little little puzzle game it's sort of a spatial little puzzle where you're building out damage in sort of in squares next to one another mm. so it's important how where you put the damage on the cards you have kind of grid that you're putting the damage into and you can hit critical points and things uh, so it's an interesting little puzzle, but it's, to be honest, it's not a huge part of the game. Mm-hmm. It's just something that happens occasionally. M- most of the game is exploring, going to places, go- going through different locations. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in each place, you're, you're always controlling all nine. And if you're playing with more people, it says to kind of split split them up. Mm-hmm. So like one person will have four, and the other person will have four, and you alternate who has the captain. But when you go to a place and you have to do a skill check, say I went to a place and it was my turn and I want to do a skill check, I could use one of your characters and they happen to have really good attributes for a test. Mm -hmm. I could exhaust them and use them. And so I go into a combat. I could put damage on your characters rather than mine. (laughs) So it really doesn't matter. It just seems a bit Mm. arbitrary how you've decided that these are my characters and those are your characters. It's not really like that at all. You're essentially all playing the ship and deciding between... Hmm. people what to do so to play it as a solo game it works perfectly fine because you, you, you just you just deal with everything and and make all the decisions hmm. but it's if you were playing with somebody who you don't mind just discussing everything hmm. like you would in like Sherlock Holmes consulting detective something like that you're basically oh, yeah. just everybody's talking and deciding what to do hmm. it'd work a bit more like that but um yeah I, I really enjoyed it you sort you, you play through a campaign which takes about I think it took me 10 hours so I played it in two sessions hmm. of five hours-ish each and got to the end of a campaign and then packed it away. It's packing it away is an absolute nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. They give you all these bags. They give you these huge baggies. Like for, for each of the nine characters, you get a big baggie which you can put all of their cards in hmm. and, and pack it all away and then get it all out again to do it again. <laughs> so it's really not something that you could play for like an hour and yeah. put it away and yeah. get it out again. It would just be an absolute nightmare. Ideally, I would just sit down and play through a whole thing and finish it. Yeah. Put it away and come back to it. But there's certainly there's a massive amount that I haven't done. You, mm. you get a map where you can mark off all the different places around the world that you've been mm. and write notes of what you found there. So the next time around, you know, oh, I can go there and I know that there's a really good sword there or something. Mm. Um, if I do this thing, then you can, next time around, you can just start out and get that and do it straight away and then go off somewhere else and explore a different parts of the map. Uh, the, the object of the game is to find they're called totems. So they're basically sort of uh, trophies that you've done a particular thing. Mm. Whenever you, you go through a whole adventure, you go around a bunch of different places doing 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 things uh, until you're given basically a reward, which will be a totem. So it's kind of completing a certain number of uh, storylines. Mm will give you enough totems and if by the time that you run out of time the, the game has a, has a timer on it uh, it has an event deck which you go through which is the timer so every round something generally something bad will happen uh, and each card is a, is a timer so that's how many rounds you've got to get enough totems to hmm. win so you don't really win you just do better or worse depending on how many that you found it'll tell you how, how well you've done and the first the first time it actually gave me some gave me some rewards it gave me some bonuses to take into the next campaign, hmm. which are basically different different options that you can use when you repeat the whole thing and do it again. But it's it's an interesting game. It's definitely not for everybody. Definitely hmm. not. Definitely not. <laughs> but some people would would absolutely love it. But yeah. I can see a lot of people not getting on with it at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if it sounds like if it sounds to you like it would be interesting, definitely check it out. Yeah. But if it doesn't, just stay stay away. Because it, it won't <laughs> won't be for you. So is there uh, is the combat in this one as well? Then is like monsters to fight and like set hunting and things yes. like that. Some, presume, some, yeah. sometimes yeah, you, you can come across uh, monsters depending depending on where you go. It, it'll often quite clearly telegraph mm. where there are monsters. It's often quite obvious when you're walking into a combat, yeah. and it'll often give you the option to run away. Qu- quite early on in my run, I went I went up into some clouds and I met this guy. 
and he was going to attack me and I, I had nothing I had no weapons I had nothing I clearly wasn't ready for it so I just I just ran away which is it's generally an option which isn't isn't really punished mm. if you uh, if you run away but you can get seriously damaged if you walk into a combat when you're when you're not ready for it mm-hmm. but I ended up getting this song stuck in my head and I got this status saying that, that um, I can't stop humming because I've got this this song <laughs> and it was really annoying <laughs> for the rest of the game so eventually I just went back like right I've got to deal with this <laughs> this because uh, this, this status is, is too annoying I'd got some stuff, so I went to right. Okay, good. I'm going to sort this out. Yeah. So, is it more of kind of an exploration game? Then you kind of go into like different places and and yeah. just seeing what's there and following the story along. Is that kind of the the main thrust yeah. of it? Yeah. There's yeah. not really that much. There there is a little bit of um, overarching story over the whole mm. thing, but most of it is is like um, compartmentalized into these little pockets of story. Mm. You go to this particular place, and that will send you down a little path of. Uh, talking to these people and then going over here and and um, sorting out their problem maybe mm. or or not or if you help somebody maybe they join you on on your quest and you get them as an ally or something like that mm. but there are lots there are lots of little stories basically right. rather than one big one mm. like ten, like Tainted Grail is that's one long story which which you follow through from beginning to end but Sleeping Gods is lots of little bits and pieces um, and very open world very very sandboxy right yeah yeah so I can just go and do whatever yeah if you like we're doing this time yeah yeah so yeah. You, you said yeah. that you play with uh, nine characters on there is that is that quite streamlined then the way it works because mm. i'd be i'd be scared of kind of missing something if i'd got like nine characters and nine sort of sets of things to worry about on my yeah. or, or is it quite easy just to see everything out in front of you it's not as bad as it sounds it does sound bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> it yeah. does sound like a lot but it, but it's not like everybody has their own deck or anything yeah, like that, which would yeah. be a complete nightmare but they, they just have they'll have a few cards of their abilities and they'll have different right, right. Uh, basically they're, they're, they're good at different things so generally I ended mm. up being set up that I had a few people who were who were really good at combat and that was their thing and I had one person who was really good at fixing the boat and somebody mm. who was good at sort of healing uh, and stuff like that and there was one person who wasn't good at anything and I just gave them all the negative status effects and damage whenever they turned up I was like I just piled into that guy he's useless um, I felt quite sorry for him by the end um, <laughs> I never, just never gave him any equipment or any upgrades or anything like right okay you can just deal with all the rubbish yeah uh, so uh, you do kind of get a handle on who, who does what so most of the time you can mm. just ignore some people because you know they're not relevant in this particular situation mm. Uh, mm. when you're doing combat you just deal with the people who are good at combat uh, doing that so th- th- there's not too much to to worry about but uh, it's definitely manageable i guess yeah i guess if you're uh, if you're playing it solo it's yeah it's uh, manageable like say yeah uh, yeah yeah that, that 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 was a kickstarter but it, it wasn't one that i actually backed i got it at, at uh, retail yeah uh, early last year so, so i think like I said, we've both played a couple of his other games. They always they always come with really, like really nice components, like metal coins and like gems and things like that. Is this yeah. is this a similar sort of thing? Is this nicely nice production and everything on it? Um, I know I know the artwork is going to be good. Yes, <laughs> yeah, the, the artwork is is exactly yeah. as you you would expect, really. Uh, otherwise, it doesn't have a huge amount of components because it doesn't really have it doesn't have like the wooden pieces and things that above and below had. It had hmm. all the interesting little bit fish and stuff like that. Um, hmm. or coins so it's not super deluxified this one I think the Kickstarter hmm. came with an expansion uh, which frankly seems unnecessary there's so much of it that I haven't explored yet it would it would <laughs> take I would imagine four or five times if you played through the whole thing then hmm. you'd probably have seen most of the stuff at that point so it, it hmm. would take quite quite a lot of effort to run out of things to do so that's yeah, seems, seems yeah. a bit unnecessary. So th- I don't think th- the Kickstarter mm. version certainly isn't necessary in this case. Okay, okay. So uh, that's the games that we've been playing recently. Then, so we'll mm. we'll move on to the question of the week now. Then, which is uh, what uh, what Kickstarters have you seen recently, or what Kickstarters yeah. have, Kickstarters have caught your eye? So I'm, I'm I'm a bit of a Kickstarter noob. I've not really uh, not really okay. backed a lot of stuff. Maybe a couple of little bits here and there, but not really. Not really much. So, right. the first question I've got is how how do you keep up with it? How, ah. Is it like a, a YouTube channel you watch or a podcast or is there a website you can go to to see? Yes. You know what people the people are backing or how, how do you how do you keep up with it all? Um, YouTube mostly. The, these days, I've been watching 
there right. are quite a few content creators that I follow the, these days who are, who are really good at keeping up with these things. Um, I think that the best one mm. for that, I think, is Shelf Clutter, who I haven't actually watched, but they do all the mm-hmm. Kickstarters every week, so it's kind of insane. But if mm. you're looking for quantity, that's the place to go. Um, but mostly I watch <laughs> um, Board Game Co. Do you know that one, Alex Radcliffe? And, um, yeah, yeah. His taste in games quite nicely aligns with mine, so he's quite a good person for me, for me to watch. Uh, Generally speaking, yeah. if he's interested in something, then I'll be interested in something as well. Mm. And mm. Um, he, he has a series of um, videos on, mon- on Mondays going through all the Kickstarters and whether you should back them or not. And there's Thinkathema mm. as well, who I've just started watching. And they're, they're, they're really great. They're an mm. Australian couple. And they tend to like more board game stuff rather than the big sort of miniatures um, like Dungeon Crawlers and stuff, which, which Alex sort of goes in for. But Thinkathema mm. are much more uh, your worker placement games and Euros and, uh, and smaller games as well. They, they tend to go through all of that stuff. Mm. And they're, they're definitely worth, worth a watch. I would um, highly recommend um, listening to them if you're interested in, in Kickstarters. Uh, but mm. yeah, that's, 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 that's the way to do it, I think, really. Because Kickstarter itself is rubbish. If you just go onto Kickstarter and look <laughs> for board games, it's just terrible at that telling you what's actually available. It will point out the really yeah, obvious yeah. things, but trying to find anything mm. else is, is not easy. Yeah, I think, I think that's what I struggle with. Yeah, sometimes you look at the website itself and try and sort it by most popular or something like that, and yeah. you end up with all sorts of at the top there. Yeah, it's gonna, yeah. All sorts of junk. <clears throat> <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, it's not it's not a good search engine. What, what's not junk then? What's good? What's good on there at the moment? Um, well, there's a, there's a bunch that actually went up today because we've um, we've had a bit mm. of a dead zone recently because there wasn't really anything on over Christmas, and then we've just had the big new um, come on game, uh, Marvel Zombies, which was massive. Oh yeah, raised a huge amount of money. Had this ludicrous miniature, which is about I don't know two two <laughs> foot high. Or something insane. Oh, one, yeah, one of those. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like the Cthulhu one that was... Yes, uh, yes, yeah. just like that, yeah. But Massive, yeah. Galactus, <laughs> uh, which has interchangeable heads, depending on if you want to, a normal version or a zombie version. <laughs> and, um, mm. yeah, it was a ludicrous amount of money. So I think everyone was just avoiding that, like the plague. Um, <laughs> there's no point competing with that, because that will occupy everyone's money. But, mm. uh, but yeah, quite, quite a few interesting things have, have landed... Uh, recently, uh, mm-hmm. particularly, oh, Rolling Heights is uh, looks really interesting. That's a new game by John D. Clare, who did mm. uh, Cubitos. Definitely some other famous things. Have, have you played Cubitos? That's kind of the new. No, I haven't. No. Quacks. No. So it's another yeah. push your luck kind of kind of game, but it's a, it's a racing game. Mm. Uh, and Rolling Heights is his new one, where you're building. Okay. You're building out a city, so there's a big board hmm. uh, which kind of is like a city plan uh, with areas of land and areas of, of sea, and you're trying to build buildings onto that, and then you build up the buildings with um, cubes of different materials, depending on if you're building out of glass or wood or whatever. Hmm. You build up all the uh, buildings with different materials, and once you, I think once you finish it, you get new meeples. So it's kind of it's kind of a worker placement game. You start with a bunch of uh, of meeples of different colours, which give you different mm. uh, different materials to build with. So that's what you're doing. So you ro- you roll your meeples, and depending on whether they lie uh, flat, they don't do anything. If they land on their side, mm. then I think they do part of a thing. And if they land standing up, uh, then you get more <laughs> things. So you say so you get one wood if on the side, uh, or two yeah. wood if they're standing up, or something like that. So that's just fun in itself. Mm. Who doesn't love the idea of rolling mm. a load of meeples into a box? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then when you use those materials to build some buildings, which give you some more meeples, which you then roll uh, so that you get more stuff, basically. So it escalates in that mm. sense. But the pushy luck element is that you roll your meeples into the box, and then obviously you want them standing up. Um, so you can re-roll the ones which lie flat. But if you if you keep rolling them and they keep lying flat, then you basically go bust. Because you, you basically, thematically, uh-huh. you're trying to make your workers work. They're being really lazy and you're trying mm. to get them to stand up, but <laughs> just keep keep rolling them. Uh, and if they if they won't stand up, then, then you go bust and then you lose half of your stuff, I think it is. Mm. I think you can actually get some meeples which let you keep re-rolling them more, something like that. They're basically mm. cracking mm. the whip. <laughs> so you can get them... 
uh, to stand stand up easier or you get more goes at it or or something like that. But uh, mm-hmm. but it looks really cool. Suddenly, if you look at the the pictures of the game, you end up with this really cool looking big city with loads of of towers of different heights all o- all over the place. So you end up with kind of what looks like a city kind of lay- laying out. Mm. So that looks like a like a really fun one. I imagine it will come out to retail though. So backing it at Kickstarter is probably pointless. Because these days you end up paying so much in um, shipping. That y- yeah, it's, yeah. It's getting it's getting really bad. <laughs> yeah, that's why they usually add on the uh, the extra bling stuff, isn't it? And the expansions mm, yeah. and a few exclusives and things yeah. to make it worth your while. It's, it's not a good deal anymore yeah. these days because with with shipping. Mm. And then VAT a lot of the time as well, which you have to add on. Mm. On yeah. top of both the cost and the shipping, you pay VAT on that. ends up being an enormous amount of money sometimes. I was looking at a little yeah, card yeah. game recently. It was, what was it called? Sink or Swim, which was kind of interesting. It was kind of like mm. The Crew, a cooperative card game where you're trying to... Oh, yeah. Each person's trying to get a certain number in front of them or something like that. Like It's synchronized mm. swimming. That's what it's based around, sink, mm. sink or Swim. <laughs> Um, and it, it looked kind of interesting, like like a nice little game. And it was, I think it was fifteen pounds, which is reasonable. Uh, but then the shipping was fifteen pounds, and then you have to pay VAT on top of that. I'm like, oh my god, that's what thirty six pounds or something for like a small small card game. And it's mm. just yeah, it, it's sad. So most of the time these days, you just have to pray that things will come to retail and <laughs> and turn up, unless they have a particular reason yeah. to back it at Kickstarter, but. Hmm. But it's a nice way of finding out what's coming out. I find I find that with the Kickstarters now, they all I think part of it is they have to look beautiful. So whatever mm. whatever game you're looking at, it, it, they always have to look really nice and like be well presented and everything. Yeah, that's part of the yeah. There were a lot of deluxe part of the charm, isn't it? Part of the selling point, man. Yeah, there was a deluxe mm. edition of yeah. Lagrania on Kickstarter recently. Actually, I think. Oh, so that advertised, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been doing the rounds. So yeah, that that sort of thing. Oh, and they have put back um. Mind MGMT, if you if you come across that one, uh, I've seen the review. Yeah, I've seen oh, yeah, reviews of it on YouTube. Down, but uh, review yeah, very recently, it. like a week or two mm. ago, and uh, they, they've mm. literally just put up a new Kickstarter. I would assume on the back of that, because everyone suddenly wants. Yeah, yeah, perfect timing. The, the, that the, wasn't like, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because the cynical side of me doesn't say that that was an accident. <laughs> they knew that, that was happening. <laughs> the, the deluxe edition of that does look amazing. It has a really nice sort of fold-out system where each of the different modules is in like a plastic case of its own, and it all looks absolutely mm. beautiful. And they've they've just put the deluxe back on Kickstarter, and it's doing very well. That sort of thing certainly. If you if you want that, then Kickstarter is a great way to go. With the uh, band management, that's been available as well, hasn't it? Elsewhere and uh, Legrand, yeah, that's a. Uh... That's an existing game that's just getting a re-release with a deluxe kind of version. So yeah. if you've already played that and you you know that you like the game, it's probably one that you yeah want to. It'd be interesting backing. Mm. Yeah, same with like Rococo and things like that. That was a Kickstarter, wasn't it? Based on a um, right. an existing game already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get quite a few like reprints coming back of really old games. Like mm. the Palaces of Carrara was on recently. I don't know if that's still on there, but that was a game that I I remember oh, yeah. wanting it when I first got into games, mm. which was, what, eight, eight years ago, something like that. And it was really hard mm. to find. I remember it being out of out of print at the time, and I, mm. I couldn't find a copy anywhere. Uh, and it's, it's just come back onto Kickstarter, and they've, they re- remade it. So, mm. so it's good to get, get those rare games back in circulation. Yeah, yeah, it's a good way to it's a good way of doing it, isn't it? Because it kind of negates the risk of having to print mm. loads of games that maybe people aren't going to buy. If you know that Kickstarter is on Kickstarter and you've got a fixed yeah. a fixed number of people that are buying it, it's uh, yeah. it's kind yeah. of a risk free way of producing it. The only the only trouble is that obviously you have to pay for it, don't you? That's the thing. It's going to end up being a little bit expensive uh, for these deluxified versions with all the expansions and their components and everything yeah. in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, have you had any uh, delivered recently? Have you had any that's turned up that you've played, or um, is these just ones that you've uh, that you've been backing? Uh, yeah. That most mostly there's still still to come. I've got quite a list of things, which hopefully will turn up this year. There are quite a few things mm-hmm. I've got I've got delayed um, with, with the with lockdowns and everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's Aeon Trespass Odyssey, which I backed before. Before lockdown, even so, that that's been a long while. I think I think the pledge manager's only just closed, so that's mm. taken its time. But that's a big, big miniatures game, so there's there's a lot to do there. 
Oh, I got 303 mm. Squadron recently. I haven't played that yet. Um, that's mm. a cooperative World War Two Battle of Britain game where you're playing as a squadron right. yeah. of, of hurricanes against sort of German uh, Messerschmitts and, and so on. Um, it's pretty interesting. Mm. I'm, I'm always drawn to anything anything to do with planes, particularly World War Two aircraft. It's something that myself and Gary mm. uh, we like playing as we go to air shows and, and stuff like that. So. Anything which has planes mm. in it, I know I'll get played. So <laughs> it's sort of an automatic back. <laughs> we actually saw that one at the expo. We just walked past him and like, oh, hello, yep, uh, that'll do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that kind of a model game then? Is it or is it card yeah. card based or yeah, it has, are there like little figures. It has, it has miniatures, yeah, for all the planes. So I'm, I'm gonna have to paint yeah, that. Yeah, um, yeah. I, we got some Airflix <laughs> as well. Do you remember Airflix? The the designers came to demo it at the club once. Was, oh was yes, yeah, yeah, I remember it. Yeah, yeah. Must have been mm, might even the yeah. twenty eighteen rather than twenty nineteen, mm. which was you, you got you got planes which are on sort of a glass disc and a big mm. neoprene play mat with uh, different locations on it, and you, you're flicking the actual models to get them into different spots and trying to get your arc on to shoot, um, mm. shoot the shoot the German planes or whatever. You each play uh, each side with a set of Spitfires or whatever. Um, yeah, that that turned up over over lockdown. All right, yeah. Um, so we mm. played that one quite quite a lot, actually. Mm. It's quite hard. Mm. It's quite hard to. It's quite hard to because mm. they, they, they always, when you flick them, they they turn a lot. So it's really difficult to get arcs because they they just oh, want right. to spin around. And so there's quite a lot of skill <laughs> in trying to get them to spin in the way you want them to spin. Yeah. You kind of have to uh, accept that they are going to spin. They're not going to go in a straight line, uh, and try and control yeah. exactly how far they go so that you uh, line up to the right things. And yeah, it's, it's it's a good game. It worked out. It worked out pretty well for them. They're they're based in Sheffield, so good that it turned out turned out well. Yeah, yeah, nice local. Yeah, local. Yeah. local guys, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one, one of the one of the ones that I backed is um, Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Oh, the big. That's fancy the version. reprint of the. Yeah, the big fancy version with the yeah. thick tiles. And yeah. That's another reprint that, like we mentioned earlier, mm. with the. Uh, uh, with a castle building game that uh, I played before and I quite enjoyed it, so I thought I'd uh, I thought I'd back that one. But the, yeah, the yeah. collector's edition, I think they're calling it or something. Mm. It comes with the expansion and like upgraded components and things. That looks quite cool. I don't know when that's going to arrive, but uh, that's uh, that's in the works as well. So I'm looking forward to getting that yeah, when it turns up. Expansions for that was it, was it secret passages? Uh, yeah, and something to do with moats as well. Oh, there's there's some swans in it. I oh, think okay. some plastic plastic swans. So yeah, a couple of wow. extra. Extra bits in it. Classic yeah. Kickstarter upgrade. Plastic swans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Completely <Nice>. unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, but nice. <laughs> <It knows. laughs> That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, no, that was that was tempting. I, I do like castles in Madkin and I don't mm. I don't own it, so I was I was tempted by that one. But. Yeah, no, I, I don't own a copy either. But uh, I've played it at the club. I played somebody else's mm. copy. And I, I enjoyed I enjoyed kind of putting the castle together and linking the rooms and. Yeah, you can get some uh, really interesting kind of sto- uh, scoring. Um, mm. Chains going on of uh, pl- placing stuff down. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's an interesting one. I was t- I was terrible at the the the, the auction part of it. You know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really bad at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit why. tricky. Yeah, because it, yeah, uh, it's no. one of those where you have to kind of judge it based on what other people want, and you don't necessarily know. Yeah. So it's tricky. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And I'm looking at someone's castle. Like, I don't, I don't, mm. I don't know. Where could you put that? How many? And you mm. have to calculate how many points it would get them. <laughs> Oh, eventually I just sort of give up and wing it. There you go, that'll do. (laughs) Hope the people don't get what you want. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a good game. Mm. Have you played um, Palaces? No, I haven't, no. It's a different version, isn't there, of Palaces? I haven't played that one. I I don't know if it's the original version, but there was a version of Castles in Machine Ludwig. I think it was the Polish version, Mm. which has really amazing art on it. So that's one of the reasons that I never actually picked up a copy oh, right. because I knew that there was an old version <laughs> which had really amazing art I was always sad that they didn't use it in uh, the English version I mm. don't know why they wouldn't but who knows why these things happen but uh, it's nice to see it get the proper treatment and actually look really nice yeah yeah I think that happened with Mysterium as well I think I played your copy of uh, Mysterium the Polish version of that mm. and that had really good artwork yeah. and they changed it all I think for the year uh, for the European one, for the uh, yeah. UK one. What I didn't like about the European one was that weird competitive mechanic that they introduced, where you oh yeah, with the yeah tokens and things, try and, trying to 
bait people yeah. to, to put down the wrong things so that they get minus <laughs> points when you actually think it's something else. Yeah, yeah. What, why would you? Why would you want to do that? <laughs> it's, it's a cooperative game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never, never understood that. I played um, Mysterium Park recently, actually, which I think oh, is yeah. a really nice compromise between the the two. Mm. It's a really nice little package. It's much smaller. And um, it does away with the whole screen thing. Mm. I don't think it had a screen at all. It had this mechanic of using, kind of like the cards that you get in code names, mm. uh, which tell you which are the bad cards and the good cards. So the ghost has a reference of whose cards are whose, mm. which they can just look at. Rather oh, okay. than the, the version that I had, you had to, you had different piles with a different color mm. uh, dome on it, telling you which cards are, are whose. And if you wanted to check, you had to pick up the whole pile and look at it and put it down and check with somebody else which what which card that they, they they're actually looking for. Mm. And it was all a bit of a faff. Mm. Uh, they've really streamed like that now. It's it's much it's much easier. Mm. And uh, and the artwork's really good. It's sort of this creepy circus theme, which suits the game mm. really well. I think. Mm. I don't recommend that one. It's a good. Uh, yeah. Mm. Probably the best version of Mysterium, yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sounds good. So I think we're pretty much up to an hour there. So uh, I think that's pretty much it for this episode. Thank you very much for joining me, Lizzie. It's been a, an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been it's been really fun. Yeah, it's good. Uh, we are Sheffield Board Gamers. We play every Tuesday at the University Arms. Uh, we also play once a month at the Red Deer. If you want all the details, it's on the website. Uh, you can come and visit us on the website, www.sheffieldboardgamers.com, or you can visit us on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on um, Instagram. So come and check us out. Uh, come and play some games with us. And thank you for listening, and goodbye for now. Bye. Bye. Bye.